0: I am so excited for you to hear this episode as I'm speaking with one of my all time favorite people in the world and someone who has inspired me greatly, Robin Sharma. Robin is a best selling author, globally respected humanitarian, and one of the world's top advisors on leadership and personal development, with clients including many Fortune 100 companies, famed billionaires, and professional sports superstars. Author of the number one best selling book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Robin has written 15 books in total and has sold more than 15 million copies, wow, over the past 20 years, including best-selling titles The Greatness Guide and The Leader Who Had No Title. Robin began his career as a lawyer but decided to change direction and follow his dream of helping others by self-publishing his own books on leadership. It wasn't long before Collins discovered his work and he has since grown to become one of the most broadly read authors in the world today. His latest book, The 5am Club, is now helping people everywhere to lead greater lives, maximize their productivity, and embrace simple yet effective formulas practiced by so many of the world's greatest leaders. Robin's wisdom and advice has helped me personally grow and start living my dream life, and I just know you are going to get so much out of this episode. Keep listening to Discover, how to master the first hour of your day, and by doing so, how you can fundamentally change your life for the better. How you can minimize the distractions of our modern world to increase productivity and focus on what really matters. The importance of surrounding yourself with the right people to lift you up and enhance your life, the benefits of embracing a daily journaling practice, love this one, the power of scheduling time for self-care and practices that will set you up to live your dream life every day, and so much more. There is truly so much wisdom in this episode, so let's get right into it. Hello, Robin. I am so, so thrilled to have you on the podcast. I cannot tell you how excited I was as I was driving to the office. I was kind of pinching myself that I have you as my guest because you have been such an influential person in my life for my personal development. So thank you and very welcome.
1: Christina, it's a pleasure. Thanks for uh, the invitation.
0: Thank you. So I cannot wait to get into so many different things. But first, I wanted to say a big congratulations on your latest book. We are obviously going to talk about the 5am club a lot because I think that is such a great book and also such a, so inspiring for people to hear how you did it, but also all the, the tools in the book. But before we get into all that, I'd love to, for you to think back on your childhood for a moment. And I'd love to know if there were any dreams for the future that you had when you were a child. Wow, uh,
1: what a great question. Ever since I've been young, Christine, I've always been fascinated by the great women and men of the world. And, uh, you know, I don't really know where that comes from. You know, sometimes we have this hard hard wiring we're just born with. And so I always felt a creative pull to, in some way, help a lot of people. I didn't always know what that was going to look like. I was always creative when I was growing up. And yet the people around me always encouraged me, be a professional, you know, get a, I come from an immigrant family, so it's get a great education and be a doctor or a lawyer. And so in many ways I betrayed my creative instincts and I got on the path through my education to become a lawyer. And long story short, I ended up being a litigation lawyer before I started writing books.
0: Mm. How did you go then from being a lawyer into, I know you, I think you have sold, I might not be perfectly all right with the number, but over 15 million copies of your, of your book. So how did you go from, from being in law into what you are doing today?
1: Well, you know, I think if you, if you trust your instinct, you get led into the most interesting areas of life. And so I was this litigation lawyer and I was very successful on the outside and I had a beautiful car and a nice place to live. And the world said you're successful, but I'd wake up every morning and I'd look in the bathroom mirror and I felt like the hollow man. And so for whatever reason, I I started studying, you know, great books and great biographies and experimenting with everything from meditation to, uh, you know, early stages of biohacking. And I made a transformation in my life. I, I went from being relatively miserable to feeling much more happy, much more energy, much more aligned with, with who I truly am. And that led me to write uh, my first book, a book I don't talk about a lot because it's got an interesting cover and, you know, it was a pretty rough work and it's, it was called Mega Living and I self-published that book and I actually then decided to write another book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It was self-published in a Kinko's coffee shop. My mother was my editor and I used to sell copies at Rotary Clubs and other service clubs. <laughs> my, my first seminar, Christina, was... 23 people, 21 of those people were my family members. (laughs) And, you know, I was laughed at. Like, what does a lawyer know about personal development and leadership? And what a foolish title the monk who sold his Ferrari. And what I've realized is when you put your heart and soul into something, you're going to attract haters and critics and if you we can get into this later but if you don't have a strong resolve in your vision and you don't believe in your poetry and your art and you're going to get knocked down and you're going to betray the calling that could be could be your life
0: hmm. i'm so so in line with you there to really do something you love so I think we should start talking about your 5am club book. I love the uh, subtitle of the book, Own Your Morning, Elevate Your Life. And I'm very proud, thanks to you, to be part of the 5am club myself. Not every day, I'm not perfect. And I, I want to say that because it's not not something that I could do all the time when I'm jet lag or, or traveling, but I absolutely love getting up early and I'm very grateful for the inspiration I got from that. But I'd love you to talk about how you actually started that. And some tips for our listeners, how they can start getting up early and and join their 5 a.m. club movement.
1: The first thing I would suggest is rising at 5 a.m., then running the victory hour that I explain in the book, which is based on the 2020 20 formula that I've been teaching for so many years. Doing that one habit is the mother of all habits. And what I mean by that is if you can get the first hour of your day right, you will fundamentally change your mindset, heart-set, health-set, and soul-set by 6 a.m. You will galvanize your neurobiology. You will reorder your energy. You will feel stronger. You will feel more confident. You'll feel more alive. And if you can consistently build strong mornings, then obviously you're going to have consistently better days. And consistently better days are going to give consistently better weeks, months, quarters, years, etc. So if you can just do one thing this year, it's installing the 5am club method that I that I teach in the book. In terms of a backstory to answer your question, I, I've been teaching the 5am club method for over 20 years. I, I first wrote about the ritual of early rising and morning routine back before it became so famous in the world. You know, everyone's teaching morning routines now. I, I taught it in The Monk Who Sold Us Ferrari. You're right, it has grown into a movement and it's literally revolutionized, like just getting that first hour of the day to world class has revolutionized the lives of millions of people. So specific tips I'd say the first thing is run the 2020 20 formula that I go into very a, a lot of detail in the book but it's essentially there's three pockets from 5 to 520 the move pocket that's about intense exercise If you want to get into the neurobiology, you can, but you'll release BDNF, which repairs your brain. You'll release dopamine, which is the motivational neurotransmitter, so you'll feel strong. You'll reduce cortisol, which is the fear hormone, which is highest in the morning. You will increase your metabolism, which is going to increase your energy, just by doing that first pocket. Second pocket, that's all about reflect. Now, we live in in the age of dramatic distraction. Not a lot of us make the time to pause think, reflect, and ground anymore. So from 520 to 540, you can pray, you can anchor into your values, you can meditate, you can write in a journal, which has been a life changer for me, and really re-access your higher nature before you go out into a complex and troubled world. Third pocket, 540, 540, to six o'clock. It's about grow. And we all know, I mean, I've worked with a lot of billionaires. I think you were at my Titan Summit when we had Richard Branson. And I think you you I don't think you were at the one with Waz and Zurich, but you know, I've coached billionaires and NBA superstars and some of the most successful people in the world for two decades. And The best of the best in business, sports, and the humanities all have one common denominator, and it's they are obsessed with growth. Because we all understand this when you grow yourself and build your talents and grow your skills and become stronger and more confident and more vital, then obviously you go out in the world and you can dominate your domain. So the final pocket is all about. Taking the time for at least 20 minutes to grow. That could be listening to an audiobook, it could be listening to a podcast, it could be listening to it, watching a TED talk, or you know, just studying a book. If you do the 2020-20 formula, and again, the book goes into a hundred times more detail, and you practice the 2020-20 formula for 66 days, which is what according to the Research of University College London says is the minimum viable amount of time to install a new habit, then you get to a place where it becomes easier to get up at five than not to get up at five. And you run that every day and it completely revolutionizes the rest of your day.
0: Love it. I'm such a believer and um, that was explained so well. So thank you so much for sharing. And obviously we're going to put the link to your book so uh, people can really dig deep into learning that formula and everything else that you have in the book. But I'd love to um, get a little bit more into the, um, you actually mentioned the the four segment approach, the mindset, heart set, soul set, and health sets. And for anyone who hasn't read your book yet, can you explain a little bit about what that is?
1: Absolutely. What a great question, Christina. So I'll start by saying The 5am Club is a very disruptive book, and Not everyone's going to understand the book, just being as candid as I always want to be. We live in a world, if you look at Instagram, if you look at a lot of the social media, everyone's talking about mindset these days. You know, we have mindset coaches, we see a lot of Instagram posts. And I say this with a lot of respect, but it's everything is mindset. I don't know if you've seen posts like that, have you? Absolutely. Again, very respectfully, I think it's a lot more than just everything is mindset and your performance is mindset and a world-class life is mindset. Because you can have a great mindset, which is strong core beliefs, and yet if you have a toxic heart, if you're in pain, if you haven't processed through anger, if you haven't worked on your emotional life, which is not your mindset, then your creativity will be blocked. Your productivity, your performance will be limited. You will radiate positive energy for your clients, family, and the world. So it's not just mindset. And in the 5M Club book, I explain with a model, it's mindset, as well as this word I've been evangelizing, heart set. So work on your mindset, which is your psychology, but also work on your heart set, which is your emotionality. But it's not just those two. The third interior empire is your health set. I mean, if you are diseased, if you don't have energy, if you're not vital, if you don't wake up full of energy, you're not going to be able to dominate your domain. So the third interior empire in the model I share in the 5M club is your health set. But that's only 75%. That's only three out of the four interior empires. The final one is your soul set. Now, a lot of people are frightened to to get into spirituality. Oh, that's business people don't talk about spirituality. Well, if you don't calibrate your soul set, which to me is that higher part of yourself that is wise, that knows life is short. that that understands ultimately life is about growth and service to people, then you're going to go out in the world and be driven by your ego and, and small self versus that higher self where all the real titans and great people of humanity play. So what I'm suggesting is It's not just mindset, it's the four interior empires. That's the model that I've introduced in the 5M Club. And if you work on those four interior empires, you will build yourself into a true warrior of humanity that allows you to go out there and be an amazing business person, mother, father, human being.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's a great tip for... For our listeners, I know you name distraction as a key element that stops many from achieving greatness in our modern world. And one of my favorite saying of yours is, an addiction to distraction is the end of your creative production. Can you share a little bit about why you believe this and how listeners can reduce distraction in their lives? Because I think that's one of the, the most common themes that I hear around when I speak to people, that, that people are getting so distracted today with um, you know, social media and uh, everything else that is around in the modern
1: world. Well, there's a line in the book, which is your phone is costing you your fortune. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's another term I use a lot through the 5M Club, which is cyber zombies. I mean, I, th- I think your, your listeners from across the planet just might agree with me. If you look into the eyes of most people, a lot of people are really checked out. We, we've lost a sense of aliveness. Um, a lot of people aren't present anymore. And one of the greatest gifts you can give your customers or your children or other human beings on the street is be alive be present and it's a very rare gift on the planet these days i i suggest and a lot of people are cyber zombies and a lot of the social platforms have done a beautiful job of creating addicts. Mm-hmm. and we all know about the dopamine addiction and the reward loop that a lot of the social platforms consciously try to build and so What's happened is there are a lot of people spending the best hours of their days watching a white screen or watching videos or checking likes on the various social platforms versus doing work that honors their gifts versus being with people who are most important versus being a fully alive human being. With that, what are some tips? I'd say the first thing is well, one of the. There's a chapter in the book called "The Ten Tactics of Daily Genius." The book is a lot more than just the Five A.M. Club. And in those Ten Tactics of Daily Genius, and you know this, one because I've shared it with you, Christina. But one way to divorce yourself from an addiction to social to technology is to run the 1991 rule, which is simply the first 19 minutes. 90, that's nine zero of your work day. Spend the first 90 minutes of your work day for the next 90 days, focus it on your single best opportunity to dominate your domain. And that means for 90 minutes, you build a t- what I call a tight bubble of total focus and there's no technology and you think and you work on that one project that if you, when you release it into the world, completely disrupts the marketplace so you own it. Another way, to get away from an addiction to technology is the second another one of the rituals i share which is the second wind workout which is it could be a nature walk if you look at many of the most creative people on the planet they have one thing in common they love to walk and they love to walk in nature so leave your technology for an hour a day and get out into the woods or get out into the desert or walk along the seashore and rejuvenate yourself so you reconnect to what's most important and then I think the third quick tip is build human connections again. You know, I see families in restaurants and everyone's on, on their phones. And you never get those moments back with the people that you love. And you're actually creating addiction in your own children if you're modeling that behavior. So I would say third quick tip, you know, do a family meal each day and do it without technology and talk. And listen to your loved ones and honor them and be present to them. That's um, a very powerful way to build not only the love your family feels for you, but the the love you feel for your family and yourself.
0: Love that. Absolutely. Some great tips there. Thank you so much for sharing. I wanted to talk about another passion that I have and I know that we share together is the daily journaling. I really believe so strongly in the power of putting pen to paper, writing down your feelings and dreams consistently. And that is a big part of my my new book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. But in your opinion, how important is journaling to you personally and what have, what impact because you mentioned before that that was life changing for you when you started journaling so i'd love to hear first how that has been part of your life and and maybe some tips on how you do it because i always love when you are i think you had an instagram live the other day about journaling and i i you know when we did coaching together i always loved hearing how you did journaling because it's super inspiring so i'd love you to share that
1: well it's one of my favorite topics i mean i've been journaling for close to 30 years and there's so many I mean there's actually a deconstruction in the 5am club on journaling. So that would be the starting point if I was to do it for you right now I'd simply say you know there here here's why I journal number one to record gratitude. We know from the positive psychologists, the happiest people on the planet, they don't practice gratitude once a year on January 1st. They engage in what they call deliberate gratitude. So almost every day, I download my previous day and I write my wins. Because the brain has a negativity bias. It'll focus on what didn't work yesterday versus what was, you you can have 100 great things yesterday and your brain is designed to focus on the threats. So I write gratitude each day. I write about them. Last night I had a wonderful meal with a close friend. So I write about the food we ate. I write about what I learned from him. I mean, He's, he, he's into biohacking and he's a true, you know, he's an industrialist. What, I, what did I learn about business? What did I, I learn about his love for his family? So I record gratitude. Number two, writing in a journal allows you to relive your best experiences. You don't only get to live them once. Just imagine that. So that time in Paris or that time in Rome or that time with your best friend, you get to relive it as many times as you want. Number three, I write in a journal to process through pain. The way I look at pain, Christina, is pain and adversity is not negative. Pain is a great purifier. I mean, we get intimate with our best selves and our greatest wisdom when we go into suffering. If you look at Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, Jr., the great humanitarians of the world became great because they suffered more than the average person. So writing in a journal allows me to build intimacy with my suffering. Rumi said it really well. He said, keep breaking your heart over and over until it opens. And writing in a journal is a great way to do that. And if you don't don't have an outlet for your pain or your anger when you're going through difficult times then you're going to swallow them and repress them. And you're going to go through the world and you could end up with disease, but also you're going to be very toxic and contract with the people around you. Uh, what else? I mean, quick, the quick five, fourth thing I would say about journaling is, mm, let's talk about epigenetics if you're interested. So epigenetics is simply, as you know, We have our genome and we express our genome through our behavior and who we are. But there's an emerging science of epigenetics, which simply means above your genome. And research is showing that we actually don't, we're not actually prisoners to our genetic sequence. We can actually upregulate. Here's how powerful human beings are and what science is showing. We can actually upregulate or downgrade the expression of our genes. Does that make sense? Mm,
0: Absolutely.
1: And so, by something as simple as writing about who you want to be in your journal, writing about tomorrow and the way you want it to be, writing about this new year and what you want to materialize and what you want to produce and where you want to travel. And you literally start to influence the expression of your genes. You can affect your level of aging. You can affect your energy. You can affect your performance. And a great tool is simply writing in your journal about who you want to be and the life you want to create.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. There's so much greatness in there. And um, obviously, uh, uh, Kiki have a lot of journals and we have a lot of people who love journaling. So that was really great. Thank you so much. I know you believe in surrounding yourself with people who lift you up, successful people, motivated people, positive people and leaders. Can you talk a little bit about how important you think this is in creating a life that you love?
1: There's a model that has been really transformational for for my for my clients, and it's called Joy as a GPS. And I, it's a model which even my own life it's been revolutionary, and I've shared it in in the Five AM Club. What I'd simply say is the heart is wiser than the head, and part of the Joy as a GPS model is be around the people who bring you joy. One of the biggest reasons people in the world don't do their dreams, they don't build great businesses or great fortunes or have great health or find great love or live great lives is because they hear a podcast like this or they read a book that moves them and then they go home and share it with their best friend or their significant other and they get laughed at. And a lot of people have toxic people in their life. In the book, I call them energy thieves and and drain stealers. And so what I'm trying to suggest to you is one of the things that will completely change the lives of all your listeners is this one move. Do a list. Who are the people in your life who are fueling your joy? And keep those people in your life and find more of them. And here's another dangerous move. Do a list of the people who actually are bringing you down. And this also is relevant to social media. Ask yourself who are the people I'm following that I'm allowing into my life that are actually bringing down my joy and start to remove those toxic people from your life. Like the people we're following on the social media or the people we're hanging around with who are, you know, making us feel bad Like we share something that we believe in and they laugh or they minimize us. Those people are really blocking our greatness. They're reducing our joy. And, those are people who break our confidence. And when you start to remove those toxic people from your life, you literally free up your primal genius. It's really powerful. So the model in the book is called Joy as a GPS.
0: Yeah, love it. It's just fantastic. Thank you so much. So you've been coaching CEOs, billionaires, global leaders, and change makers around the world, helping them reach their greatest self. I would love to know who is someone who has really changed your life or really inspired you over the years?
1: I would say my children first come to mind. They just, you know, they ground me to them. I'm just dad. They are full of love and they're just so peaceful and they're kind. And I just, I adore my children and I learn from them every day. I'd say, secondly, my parents, I've got wonderful parents. who have been very influential to me who else has been i mean i think of steve wozniak who was at the titan summit in zurich a few years ago I yeah, mean, I here is, yeah i mean here is one of the most successful people on the planet we all know the co-founder of apple and yet he was one of the most present humble people i've ever met and you know big heart those are the, you know i i appreciate all the titans that i get to work with but i also appreciate people with great hearts. Um, so those would be three of the people or a few of the people that have really inspired me. And then I would say all my readers from around the world. I mean, you know, these are everyday heroes. These are people who are saying, I'm embracing the 5 a.m. club and it's transforming me. And, you know, I just want to say, like, like I said at the beginning, there's a lot of ideas in the book that are really disruptive. And Christina, you have a choice when you read a book that pushes you. You can shoot the messenger or you can embrace the message. And so it doesn't have to be, you know, The 5M Club or any of my books. I mean, you read any book, whether it's a book of philosophy, a great autobiography, a book on positive psychology, a book on how to be a more loving human being, and you have a choice. You can embrace the new message and experience a death of your old self in in favor of becoming your next level of self, or you can say, or you can shoot the messenger and stay small. And so I would say, you know, my readers inspire me because these are people, so-called ordinary people, who are embracing ideas uh, and becoming better human beings. And that's a very brave act in a world where a lot of people are just, you know, watching bikini pictures and speedo pictures on the social media.
0: Thank you so much and I also think one of the people that I um I often think about when I think of who inspired you I think Nelson Mandela comes in there as well because obviously that's also part of the book.
1: Well as you know the last chapter is set in South Africa you know it's a surprise ending so I'll simply just say that in a few years ago my life changed when I stood in Nelson Mandela's prison cell on Robben Island. You know I stood in his prison cell and there was simply a blanket that was there and a desk. Uh, there wasn't even a bed. And I learned about his story. I mean, the gentleman who was my guide was a fellow ANC prisoner, and I asked him, I said, what was Nelson Mandela like? And he said, I, I served in prison with him for eight years. And he said that man was a humble servant. And we live in a world where there's a lack of pure leaders. You know, the the Nelson Mandelas and the Rosa Parks the JFKs the Martin Luther King juniors and I could just go on and on so yeah i mean Nelson Mandela is one of the great i'm glad you brought him up because he's one of the great heroes of my life because here's a man who was much more interested in the in the freedom of his people than in the ego pursuits that a lot of people on the planet right now are pursuing and our world would be a dramatically better place if we would all do our inner work i mean there, there's a line i i express a lot and it's why wait for the heroes that you seek when you have it in you to become one of them and you know we all can say well i wish there were better leaders on the planet well why don't I mean, mother teresa said if we would only sweep our own doorstep the whole world would be clean and so if we would say Today I'm going to start working on my mindset, my heart set, my health set, and soul set, and take that one hour from, that's what the 5 M club is all about, from 5 to 6. And in the serenity and tranquility of the early morning, go within ourselves and start working on ourselves. And don't do it just for a week, do it for the rest of your life. We would make our world a better place. We not only do better in our business lives and financial lives and health lives, we do our part in the construction of a better world. And that's what heroism is all about. And Nelson Nelson Mandela was one of the best on that.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So often I'm asked by people, how can I live a balanced life? And you are someone who seems to be doing so much all the time. You travel all the time and you do so much great work, but yet appear very grounded and calm. What is your answer to people who ask you how to live a grounded and a balanced life?
1: Well, you said something at the beginning of the podcast, Christina, that was very honest. And you said you get up at 5 a.m. most days or a lot of days, but you're not perfect. And guess what? Same with me. I'm not perfect either. So I, I once took a flight from someplace in South Africa, and the pilot let me fly for a little bit of the flight. And what I noticed is... The full, the the plane was consistently off course, but he taught me, you know, bring the bring the plane back on the course when the currents pushed it every few minutes. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And, and I think that's the world we live in right now. I mean, through everyone's days, we're being pulled off course, and we just need to bring the the plane back on course. And I'm just saying, there's balance isn't to me the greatest word it's what we're looking for to me is just some sense of harmony so what do i do well i mean the first one is what i suggested i take an hour early in the morning and i work on myself i exercise i write in a journal i pray i meditate i visualize i do different things every day for at least an hour and that is my daily anchor if you want me to get specific i'd say meditation has really helped me stay calm and centered i pray uh, which, which to me helped me stay very focused on what the mission is about. I'm very careful about who I, who I allow into my life. Uh, like I mentioned, I want people who are inspirational and curious and ethical and supportive, and I don't want people who are toxic. To be very tactical, you know, you know my weekly design system so i have a very calibrated process on sunday mornings and i build up what i call my blueprint for a beautiful week simply seven days on a written schedule because i i like the the tactical feel of a big piece of paper and i write down everything from the two massage protocol that i teach in the book to the 5 a.m.s to my family meals to my business meetings and that all goes on to a schedule and that that is a game changer To literally ensure your life is balanced because you've got your massages on a weekly schedule, you've got your workouts, you've got your business meetings, you've got your personal time on there. Because if you don't have a written schedule, then you go out in the world and you are like a leaf in the autumn wind, letting yourself drift through the hours of your day. And your life is too important to allow that to happen.
0: Love that. Thank you so much for sharing. That's so much, so much value for our listeners. I hope everyone will take lots of notes in their journals. So a big crazy dream of mine is to inspire 101 million people around the world to write down three carefully considered dreams on paper and start chasing them. And it struck me a couple of years ago that how many people that I meet that actually do not take the time to actually write down their dreams. What three dreams would you write down if you knew anything was possible and you couldn't possibly fail to achieve them?
1: Wow, I have have a lot of dreams. So number one, I would say I have a foundation and I'm very interested in reducing childhood poverty in the world. And I also am very interested in doing my part to fight leprosy. This comes from my father in a conversation we had a while ago. And when he was a young doctor, in Africa, he encountered uh, leprosy. You know, he worked. With, he encountered people who were suffering from leprosy. And a little while ago he said, Robin, you have a large platform, so anything you can do to reduce this in the world would be really good because it is a, it's just a terrible affliction. I don't know if, you, if you've seen le- lepers and you've seen how they're you know, put into these colonies, but it's a very difficult disease. So my first dream would be doing my part to significantly fight leprosy as well as child poverty on the planet. Secondly, a dream, you know, it's simple. I just want to make sure my family is you know, encouraged and supported and have the best lives they could possibly lead. And I'd say the third, third dream would be to, to have a significant impact on the planet for as many people as I possibly can. And that's why i'm so incredibly passionate about the 5am club Um, i spent four years of hard labor on this book i worked on it with my heart and my soul to get every single line as best as it could possibly be and the reason i why i mentioned the book is i really believe it is a tool for any human being who wants to go out there and do amazing work and reclaim their primal genius and remember who they truly are and live a beautiful life um, so I want to get that book out to it into the hands of as many people as possible so they remember the awe and wonder and gifts and talents and humanity that lurks within their hearts. I mean, we live in an interesting world right now, Christina. A lot of people have been brainwashed into thinking they have to be ordinary. A lot of people are confused. A lot of people are addicted to technology. A lot of people are busy being busy. A lot of people are spending their best days in fear and struggling. And this is not a platitude. It doesn't have to be this way. But, you know, we're taught history and geometry and geography. We're not taught the daily rituals of the happiest people. We're not taught the mindsets of the billionaires and the prosperous people. We're not taught how the greatest creative people or the great women and men of the world did it. We're not taught those things. And that's what I'm trying to put into the book so that Anyone for whatever, you know, in India, it's 250 rupees, can, can read the book and understand how to do it. And then it's not a magic pill. You have to apply it and live it every day over and over. But you don't become a great mother or father or a great chef or a great athlete getting into the gym once or, you know, for a week and then hope you're going to be world champion. It's a it, World class is a process and it's not an event. So that would be my third dream.
0: Such inspiring dreams. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think your last dream is already happening, but just need to reach more people. You're doing such an amazing job um, inspiring people around the world. So thank you so much for sharing. If you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say?
1: I would say, first of all, be yourself. We live in a world right now, especially with the influence of social media, where there are a lot of people who are thinking in a certain way and dressing in a certain way, living in a certain way, talking in a certain way, because the influencers they follow are, are doing that. Oscar Wilde said it beautifully, Christina. He said, be yourself. Everyone else is taken." And there's no point in being successful according to the metrics of the world. You know, having a jet, having millions of followers on. Having the right handbags or watches or shoes or Ferraris and then betraying yourself in the process. I I saw a post on Instagram last night. You've probably seen it. It was Jim Carrey. And he said something to the effect of, I wish everyone could be rich and famous so they could realize that's not going to bring you peace. There's a line in the book that I say, you know, nothing is worth the loss of your inner peace. And here is like a pretty direct point. I say with a lot of love and respect to all your listeners, money and fame and fortune and all these things society says are the roots to happiness. I I never found they brought me more happiness. They they can bring a lot more um, complexity and, you know, they can bring some pleasure. But if you were to ask me, you know Tolstoy said it so beautifully he said a small house I'm going to paraphrase if I may a small house in the country books neighbors who are good and who appreciate me doing good for them and you my love that is the meaning of happiness
0: Mm, love that
1: and so so I would say to, to your young listeners you know do some serious thinking about how you want to live out your life and what success means to you and then live under those metrics versus following the herd, which often leads, you know, it's like the the lemmings, right? You know, you follow the crowd and they lead you off the edge of a cliff.
0: Love that. Thank you so much for sharing some really, really great tips where I young listeners here and the older ones as well. <laughs> I love to finish off by asking a few quick questions that I know our listeners would love to hear. Are there any other rituals that you haven't mentioned um, that our listeners can um, take on to live their dream life?
1: Absolutely. So like I mentioned, there, there's a chapter with 10, I call it the 10 rituals of daily genius. And, and I would just say, you know, work to your listeners, work on those, work on the 5am club method and then work on the other, the remaining 10. I'll pick two of them. One would be the 60-minute student. Do not go to sleep unless you've studied for at least 60 minutes each day. And not to turn anyone off with the word studying, but I mean, the the most happy people, the most successful people, they see themselves as, as students. So... 60 minutes at least every day listening to a podcast or reading a book or writing in a journal or watching a TED talk or having a conversation with someone that you could learn from. That is just like minimum viable entry point to to getting your life to the next level. Uh, Second ritual, I would say, you know, the second wind workout. If you believe exercise is important, we know all the science on it, then why would you only do it once a day? So the second one workout simply means later in your day, when most people feel quite, quite tired and they might crave sugary foods or carbs and reach for the TV because they're, you know maybe their blood sugar is lower, go for a workout. It could be a yoga class. It could be a swim. It could be a mountain bike ride. And I personally, as I've hinted at, I just adore walking. I just almost every day I get into the forest and I go for an hour walk. And I breathe and I reconnect and I think and I process and it's just, it makes me so much more present for my family in the evening. I sleep better. I have fresh air and it it just goes on and on.
0: Love it. Thank you so much. There's so many amazing rituals to be inspired by. So thank you for sharing. Another question I have, and I don't know if you can answer this because you're obviously in another country where we don't have a store, but do you have a Kiki K a favorite product?
1: You you gave me once, you were very generous, and you gave me um the bucket list and in the bucket list journal, I think it is. I don't know if that's the, yep. the actual yep. term. But I just I just love that concept because a lot of us don't really think about how we want to live until it's too late to change how we're living. And so I think that's a really smart journal to really say. When I'm at the end of my life, what will I have wished? I will have done for me to feel it was a great life.
0: Great, thanks for sharing. I love that one too. I know you are a big reader. Obviously, you shared so many uh, of your favorite books to me over the years. But I love to know is it one favorite book, and if yes, what is that one? And
1: why? Well, that's like asking me, do I have a favorite <laughs> one of my children?
0: <laughs> I can relate that.
1: I mean, my home is has piles of old school books everywhere. You know, I, I just adore books and, and I, I've tried the devices and I adore audio books, but I still, I always go back to hardcover or softcover books. I just, look, I, um, over the holidays, Christina, I started reading some of the classics again. I read Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, and that is just an incredible book. Oh, I reread Animal Farm by George Orwell what a book I've ordered well I've ordered two more oh 1984 that's George Orwell's other book and I've ordered Brave New World and Lord of the Flies so I'm getting back into the classics I'd also recommend Spark you know which is the book I you know I've recommended it to you which is all about exercise so those would be some of the books that I've loved I could go on Man's man, Man's Search for Meaning as You Think by James Allen, it just goes on and on. There's just great books.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. There are some really great ones in there and a few that I haven't read. So thank you for that. So the one last question for you, if you could go back to your younger self, say when you were in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now?
1: I wouldn't give my younger self any advice because I believe everything that's happened to me Look, I've I've been at the top of the mountain and I've been in the valley of incredible terror and darkness. And it's it's fun on the mountaintop, but what has made me, what has made me the artist I am, the father I am, the human being I am, and I'm not saying I'm so great, but what has made me is everything I've experienced. Every person, every experience, every, you know, it's it's all shaped me into who I am right now. I wouldn't change it. And I I think if you want to get a little philosophical, we all do have a path. And I believe things do happen for a reason. And I believe, you know, that everything that happens to us is designed to help us evolve into who we're meant to be. Mm.
0: fantastic a beautiful way of of finishing our conversation because i remember when we did coaching together that you said once i don't know if you said it the way but you know never waste a great crisis i don't know if you said it that way but it kind of really uh, stuck with me because um we are obviously all um evolving as part of everything that we are experiencing the good and the bad so that is perfect way of ending so thank you so so much i am I'm incredibly grateful, not only just for this podcast, but for All the amazing inspiration and wisdom that you have put out um, to me and um, to the world. I have spent, I don't know how many hours walking in the forest, just like you, listening to you. And it's been so, so uh, inspirational to me to to where I am today. And I am incredibly grateful for the quote that you gave uh, my first book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. And also, I'm super grateful for the Titan uh, Summit that you put up every Every year I absolutely love it and I encourage everyone to go if they are able to and um, I'm also going to encourage everyone that I know and I've already gifted it quite a lot of people your 5am club a book and incredibly grateful that you wrote it and I'm hoping that so many people will be inspired by it so thank you so much first for taking your time and and also for everything that you're doing to the world. So thanks, Robin.
1: You're, you're very generous, Christine. I'd say you know it's been a pleasure, and I think you're a very special person. And I applaud you for all the people you're influencing. And I hope this podcast helps. Episode helps a lot of people. And I'd also say for anyone who wants to get the book, it's available online or in most bookstores, or they can go to the Five AM Club. Dot com. And it's important. Uh, the book comes with a free 66-day online coaching program to help them install the habit. The details are at the end of the book. And also a portion of my proceeds go to my Children's Foundation to help children with leprosy. So when you invest in the book, you're also going to be doing good, not only for yourself, but for other people.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And I wish you the best year ahead. And I'm excited to see you at the Titan Summit at the end of the year.
1: Thanks, Christina.
0: Thank you so much. Wow. What an inspiring chat that was. I am so inspired. Such amazing advice on how we can all make positive changes to help us live our dream life. I could honestly speak to Robin for hours, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I took so many notes and I hope you did too. One of the most important lessons I took from our chat was how by implementing simply daily practices into our lives and scheduling our time, we can open up a world of growth, tap into our greatest strength and reconnect with our true selves. I really encourage you to get a copy of the 5am club. I think you're going to love it as much as I do. I am such a huge believer in scheduling time for yourself and your dreams, which is why my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, is full of essential and simple steps you can start today to help you on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams, whatever they may be. If you haven't got a copy yet, I encourage you to do so and also grab a copy of the Dream Life journal I have created to go with it. Another great place to start is to check out my 101 Dreams audio guide at kiki-k.com forward slash dream life. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiration. And please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I'm really enjoying reading all your reviews and feedback. I am so grateful for all your comments. So please keep them coming. I would really appreciate your support with my big crazy dream to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams on paper and go and chase them. So please help us spread this inspiring message to even more people by sharing our podcast on social media with the hashtag 101MillionDreamers. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.